This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome. Are we live? I don't know. Sorry, I was watching you change your headphones. Welcome to another edition of Thursday Night Live. It's Thursday night and it's live. See, Indeed. Carl gets on the Trades Descriptions Act for that. Indeed, Darren. Uh, I'm joined, as usual, that voice you can hear in the background there was uh, was Max. Max, you had a nice week off. It's a nice lie-in last week, did you? Welcome back. Missed you, I must yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, I still ended up watching you. Sorry, I'm just choking on nothing. Um, still ended up watching you for the most part anyway, so I probably could have got up and got on the podcast at some point. But it was nice to sit there and, and watch you talk, Darren. Yeah, well, we could have done with you last week, actually, because it was a, I listened back. I haven't been listening back lately, but uh, I always think we should listen back. And uh, it was a little bit overly positive, I thought. <laughs> you know, we, we were a little yeah, bit too cheerful. Yeah, I've I've got to admit, Darren, you know, I'm all for Arsenal positivity, but there were points at which I was screaming at my screen going, shut up, you fucking positive cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, we were we were just a little, a little tad, and, and what happened the week following, you know? <laughs> and Liam, you've joined us at last. Liam, well, are, Hello. You, are, you, are you on? Is everything yeah. working? I think so. I've had Wi-Fi trouble the last two days. It's been all fun and games. I've had wife um, trouble the last two, two, for the last thirty years. I've wife <laughs> trouble for the last ten years. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can consult well, you on age things, can't I? Thirty years. Carry on, Liam. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no. Uh, let's just see how we go. I might drop in and out, but we'll give it a shot. So I made as long as your as long as your sky shagging, your 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 Zoom shagging, your Skype shagging doesn't get interrupted by the internet. Everything's happy days. I don't want your missus to be angry at you. See, we had a, a nice clean show last week, didn't we, Liam? I don't think the C word was used once. We we're all positive. Max's been on for 30 seconds and he's already talking about your love life and video porn. And I've already oh, said that's... cunt twice now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bump back to reality. I've got to say, I think that's why we were kicked off the clock in talk channel because of the C word. <clears throat> Bollocks. Ted's loves the word cunt more than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> That's three times. Ding. Uh, I'm going to have to edit these. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, uh, yeah, we had a real positive show last week. That didn't work out very well, Liam, did it? We uh, we had a real positive show, and we've, we've got one point for the next two games. <laughs> do, you think we, do you think we cursed us by saying how good we were? <laughs> uh, Jack's not here to defend himself. Can I blame him? Um, yeah, yeah, let's blame Jack. <laughs> Jack talk a top four and winning the league. And, yeah, Jack, you're barred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, joking, Jack. Jack. I'm joking. Yeah, of course you're not, Jack. I mean, look, let's just summarise this last week, uh, or let me summarise this last week. Um, uh, sorry, I just realised I've got to get the comments on. Uh, let me just summarise this last week and just tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, we played against the uh, title contenders, one of the title contenders at the weekend at home, missing probably our best two players on form at the moment. And with our star striker missing, and it was a you know a game that we could have won, not too disappointing. And then we go to Wolves, uh, who were on the back of a terrible, terrible run, and we play probably our best forty-five minutes of the season, outstanding, looking great. And then a bit of a um, uh, an unlucky 
situation just before half time, takes us down to 10 men and, and gives them a penalty, which they score. And then a wonder goal from a guy who's never scored at Molyneux before. And suddenly we end up, end up losing that game. I mean, is that a fair, a fair, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is that a fair review Assessment. of the week that's just gone by? Mm. Um, look, as I wasn't on last week to kind of drag the show back down to reality, um, I expected a draw against Manu. I predicted a draw against Manu. I didn't predict a goalless draw against Manu. I predicted a low scoring go- low scoring game against Manu. And um, against Wolves, I genuinely thought that that was maybe the best. There's 20 minutes of football there that I thought was maybe the best 20 minutes of football I've seen Arsenal play since a couple of the Unai Emery games where we actually look special, you know, where we actually move the ball quickly and forward. Um, So I I take more, you know, as the one who usually kind of rockets us back down to earth on this show and away from the positivity, I actually took more positives from those two games than I took negatives, considering that the results were what the results were. It's interesting how everyone's brain sort of um, computes all of the data that's coming in differently. But, I mean, I look at a team that's playing every three days. Everyone in the Premiership is playing every three days. The results are absolutely all over the place when you take into account crowds, as as we know that is having an account, especially with, with live football and home away fixtures. I know the betting markets at the moment. I've got friends who bet quite heavily and the betting markets are all over the place. There's no apparent reason or rhyme for why people are winning and how people are, how much people are winning by for that matter. Um, but also when you just take into the, the current results, the compression of the Premier League, the way that things are happening at the moment, I would look at all these teams at the moment who are playing all these games every three days and look at them and look how they're blowing out of their ass. And then I look at Arsenal coming out and putting on the most dynamic opening 20 minutes that I've seen us put in all season. And that uh, made me feel fantastic. That that heartened me. That said that this was a team that was refreshed. This was a team that probably all wanted to stand up with these leaders who have now left the club. Your Urzels, your Kolasinac, your Mustafis, all of these power brokers all picked up and parachuted out of the club at once. And to me, that first 20 minutes, though the the game state was very unfortunate how it happened, that first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that felt to me like almost a changing of the guard. It felt to me like these young kids who have now carried the team almost had that, I guess, that, that little bit more impetus to go out and say, this is our team and we're the reason why we've reclimbed the table. And now these parasites have left the club. And that, for me, was one of the most exciting things to see. So while everyone's banging on Twitter about how fucking upset they are about everything and whinging about referees' decisions like they've never had a bad ref's decision in their life, okay, can I I'll just, have a look at the positives. Max, let me just stop you there. I just heard a great comment today because I obviously I'm not proactive. I've been really busy this week and I'm, uh, I haven't really had a lot of time to do too much apart from work, sleep, work, sleep. So I listened to a couple of podcasts today and one of the, uh, um, one of the podcasts I listened to, they were saying that... Uh, um, sorry, can you put do that? I thought only I could do that. I thought I was in control, mate. I've got ba- I've got backseat control, <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, for those you listening on the podcast, Max is uh, flashing up messages on the screen and throwing me off my stride. What I was <laughs> what I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted 
was uh, I, list, uh, I listened to a couple of podcasts over the last couple of days, and one I listened to in the car coming home today, and a good journalist who was saying that uh, he can't believe his Arsenal mates are all throwing their toys out the pram again after after Wednesday night. And there was a great uh, line he put. He said, uh, Arsenal fans think that they are God's cursed children. <laughs> and I thought, that what a great line. And that and that sort of sums it up, didn't it? I came away from Wednesday night absolutely gutted. I came away from Wednesday night. Was it Wednesday night? Tuesday night. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Absolutely gutted. I really was. It was, you know, when you play that well, and I, I endorse everything that Max has just said, when we play that well, changing of the guard, a, a real core of, of youth players, um, some exceptional performances from the players that we'd written off, like Xhaka, you know, really, really good. And we end up with nothing and with some real freak decisions, freak goals, you know, um, freak uh, uh, decisions by our goalkeeper towards the end. And yet we come away with nothing. I'm absolutely gutted. I, I woke up the next morning I'm working at a house at the moment where the the the, the lady I'm working for um, is a big Tottenham fan. And uh, she said, oh, what happened last night? You must be so sad. And I said, no, we played brilliant. Can't wait for the next game. And I'm loving this season. I love this season. I love the fact that we've got games every three days. You can put it to bed. Already there's been since we lost on Tuesday. You know, they've got nine. Southampton have let in nine. Liverpool have lost at home. Uh, you know, to, to to Brighton. This is a fabulous season. It's only Manchester City that can actually ruin it by going and running away with it. You know, I mean, that's that's the, the same the same Manchester City in the first half of the season that people were talking about the end of Pep and the end of an era. Yeah, you know, and they go put six in a row on. And this yeah. is what I've been saying for the last few weeks to Arsenal fans. Everyone getting carried away and saying, "Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that." Seasons go in spits and starts and runs. It's very rare that you have a 20-game a, a run. In fact, when you look at it and you look at Emery's 21-game unbeaten run, how I, want, I wonder how many times over the course of Premier League history a team has had a run like that and not won, not won the Premier League. You yeah, know, it'd be so, so incredibly rare for someone to go on a run like that. That is, that is Premiership winning form. That but we, were, we, went on. Quite, we were watching it, weren't we? And we knew we weren't very good. Yeah, yeah, because it was 21 <laughs> we, games of crap where we were just conceding a million shots. And it was like, oh, this is interesting. We should have lost 16 of these games. But I, I just I just think that those sorts of things are interesting. I think that the way people look at Premier League seasons, and I think how uh, connected the fans are to nowness. Uh, again, I often say, you know, I think it's a more of a um like a view on society you know, the way that we actually absorb our football now and everyone is so obsessed with what's happening right now. You know, and we went on a little run and that was really good. And then people seem to like not look at the Crystal Palace game where we were fucking terrible in the middle of that run and they just remove that out of their minds. And then, you know, we come to the end of that game and there's an element of guttedness and I'm with you, Darren. I was, I was gutted in that. I reckon, so I, I pride myself on I watch the entire 90 minutes. Right, I'll never get up and walk away. I'll, I, I'm, I know people will slam the computer shut, turn off the TV, go to the pub. I'm not watching this. I've never understood people who, who want to leave a game 10 minutes before the end because for me, that's almost your rite of passage as a fan, Darren. Like if you're there to see the good times, you there fucking are. stand, you can, stand can I just, there. My experience of going to the Emirates week in, week out is that uh, they all say they want to uh, go to beat the rush. 
there is more of a rush 10 minutes before the game than there is at the final whistle. <laughs> Do you yeah. Know that? yeah. And my favourite song that we sing there is their uh, fire drill. Do you know, because <laughs> everyone just gets up and leaves. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's an incredible situation, the Emirates. I'm with you 100%. Do you know, especially with football costs about, you know, 40, 45 pound a game on average to go and watch at the Emirates. And uh, would you go to the theatre? Would you go to see? Would you go to the cinema? And then ten minutes before the end, go right. I'm going to go now. Yeah, Do you know, oh, because football yeah. can be I've like worked, that. You know? I've worked it out. Kaiser Sose is the fucking cripple. I'm leaving. There's thirty <laughs> minutes of usual suspects left, but I'm gone. I've sussed it. Spoiler <laughs> alert! I haven't watched it. Uh, quick for everyone. <laughs> quick good evening to those of you who are joining us live. Uh, don't uh, waste the tweet. Is here. Russ is back. Um, oh, many others. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I started that because I see a huge load of comments. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, now, a chat now amongst that, themselves. <laughs> unfortunately, view. Unfortunately, a lot of our our live viewers and a lot of the podcasts to find this out have been coming through Periscope and coming through Twitter, which is where our our base. You know, we've got four and a half thousand people on that Twitter feed, and uh, since Twitter and um, Periscope have parted ways it's a uh, some of our our viewers have dropped off so guys if you don't if you haven't subscribed to the show because we get a lot of you who are regulars who i know aren't subscribed to the show go on to youtube subscribe to the show hit the little bell notification so you get a notification when we're coming on because you're not getting it through twitter anymore like you were before good i didn't realize that liam you just sitting there Aye. enjoying me and Max. <laughs> I just need popcorn every week. I just need popcorn for that 10, 15 minutes of just you two. Well, I just thought <laughs> like we have a row soon. We've been very much in agreement so far, and that's never good for a podcast, but I'm sure we can disagree on something. Uh, let's have a look at what I want to talk about this week. Let's have a little – I mean, I'm sure because Tuesday was such a freak game. I mean, there's lots happened since, you know, uh, in the in the Premier League. As I say, lots of lots has happened in the last 48 hours. But – um I was reading lots of controversy about the David Luiz uh, sending off. Um, my opinion when I saw it, and I was called by... Remember, I, I talked about my mate Nick who had his head operation a few weeks back. He's back home now uh, watching football. And he phoned me up at half-time and screamed for 15 minutes about how terrible a decision it was. I just kept saying, well, it was a bit unfortunate. It was accidental, but he caught him. He tripped him. It's a golf scoring opportunity. It's a sending off. Don't like it, but I can't see any reason for arguing with it. Liam, did you did you see it any differently than that? Uh, yeah, actually, funnily enough, I did. Um, <laughs> I know, amazing. Um, I I staunchly believe. I mean, maybe this is me being an Arsenal fan, but I really don't think it was even a penalty. But the reason why is. <laughs> Sorry, dun, 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 dun. I know, right? Um, <laughs> big revelation that one. But the way I saw it was actually when it was, it was William Jose or whatever his name was, was through. He actually, as he's running, obviously you kick your leg back as you run, right? Your, your trailing leg is up. And I thought that went into Louise more than Louise went into the player. Oh, so for me, stop, running stop, to stop now, stop now, Liam, while you still have credibility as a football pundit. <laughs> no, 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 no. What Liam is saying, Max, is what I've heard what my mate phoned me up at half time to say. He said there was no contact. I'm listening to Arteta say he's watched it from 10 angles and there's no contact. There's clearly, there's clearly there's contact. That so. much. I think yeah, there's that much contact. If there's no if, there's if, no rule in the rule book that says how much contact but, there is or there isn't, he's running at full stride. The striker is facing the goal. He gets his heel clipped, regardless of whether it's deliberate or not. There's contact. It's a penalty. 
under the new rules, if David Luiz was to slide in and make a genuine attempt for the ball, as in he was going for the ball, therefore he was deliberately trying to make a tackle, it would have been a yellow card and VAR would have taken it off. But because he was in... Because as the defender, he is responsible as the trailing player to make sure that his legs are clear of the legs of the person in front of him and he's not making an attempt for the ball. There is contact. He's not trying to tackle the ball. Therefore, it's a red card. Shut up. Okay. Fucking move on. I think on, that's man. the... I haven't heard it worded that way before. And if you're saying... Oh, no, no, no. Actually, responsibility. You, you see him. He's got the rule book out there. He actually just yeah. quoted that from the rule book. <laughs> I was going to say, if it, if that's the wording in the rule book, then then fair enough. If it's a defender's responsibility, I didn't ever think that was. But my other concern is 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 that much? If I can find the camera, is that much contact really enough to make him fall on his ass? I would say get I'm, upset. Even at, I would spec- say get upset at the rules. Don't get yeah, upset yeah, yeah. at the at the ref. And this Liv. is like it's like what? deliberate handball, Let, right? We changed yeah, yeah, yeah. change the handball rules. Shh, shh, shh. One at a time. Give me a. Liam, if the rules, on. if if the referees applied the rules, I'll never have a problem with the ref because I'm an ex-ref myself. So I'll try and defend them. I don't think the rules have been applied, but then again, if I've misinterpreted them, fine. I'll hold my hands up and I'll move on to say the rule is fucking abysmal. It's utter dross. I mean, the but fact that it's I gone d- to appeal, Liam, it's gone to appeal, and it love. hasn't, and it hasn't been overturned. You know, if that didn't end it for the Arsenal fans, what will? So are they now saying there's corruption at referee level? There's corruption so at can... the AR level? There's corruption at the appeals level? Paul Poorhart so done I... by fucking Arsenal like no one else has ever been given a dodgy call. Sick yeah. of it. If I, if I played devil's advocate here, uh, and I, I kind of agree with Arsenal fans on this, and I'm not usually the one to always go with the consensus, but what's the difference between... Genuine question. What's the difference between Louise... And the one that Bednarek got sent off. No, because now because now you're you're trying to compare apples with apples, right? It it doesn't an apple's work. still an apple, it, right? Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Like calls are calls. So if a call isn't made, we then can't go back and repositionally change it. Or there may be circumstances no, 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 that, no. that that are different that are different. No, no, can I look? Let me it. jump in because it's like someone. It's like them. someone put up the the challenge on Saka, right? The shoulder to shoulder challenge with Saka. I've forgotten who it was. That might have been. Yeah, I think it might have been MWA Guna. Or it might not have been. If I've sold him down the river, sorry. But he put up that and said, "Well, how's this different?" And I'm like, "Because it's different in every single way." And one of the reasons why it's different is the penalty wasn't given. So if the penalty's not given, there's nothing to talk through. There's three you know, things I, just... I need to say. I need to come in because I'm getting bored listening to you three or two argue. Um, there's three <laughs> things to say. <laughs> well, I am. There's three things uh, to say. The one, the incident you're talking about, how do you say his name? Bendirak? Bednarek, I think. Bednarek. Um, I haven't seen that incident, so I'm only going by what I heard today. The argument was, was that the player dived and there wasn't any contact. Yeah, you know I mean? That it dived. The second thing to say is that player who was fouled by David Louise, albeit accidentally, would not have gone down. He would not have gone down because he was about to put the ball in the net. Mm. So he got clipped. Yeah, accidentally, but he got clipped. And the third thing I say, which puts it all to bed, if that was a Bamiyang running through to score against a t- uh, anybody, uh, we'd all be screaming that that was a penalty and a sending off. Can I just say one last thing? Can I say one last thing? Was it a penalty? Was it a penalty? Yes. Yes. 
Was it a red card? Unfortunately, yes. yes. Is the rule around that stupid? Equally, yes. Put it to bed. Incidents like this are why rule changes happen. It's like the deliberate handball rules that we started getting all these silly handballs a couple of years ago. And what you hope is that there is enough enough backwash from this that somebody looks at it and says, okay, do we have to bring in a, a gauge? And this is the, the horrible thing about football and the horrible thing about VAR and the horrible thing about, I guess, the over-officiating and the amount of angles we've got and the amount of replays we've got and why football, in a sense, was always more pure when you went to the game and you watched it because it was in the eye of the beholder and in the eye of the referee, right? But you, you can't then go in and say, this is terrible because this is unfair. You, you can't go and start putting a bar of deliberate, not deliberate in front of things because all you end up doing is giving refs more things to apply. I would rather, and, and Liam, surely as a referee, you would agree. I would rather black and white rules that either say this is or this isn't. I don't want to start putting things in there saying this is or it isn't unless you think the bloke might not have done it. And can I just say, I thought it was a little bit cheeky from David Louise. I thought it was a little bit of a cheeky move from David Louise because he changes his line and runs in behind the player. And I think you've got an old defender there who might have been thinking, ah, well, he's through on goal and if I clip him, I clip him. I don't know that that's the case, but I know I fucking do that at futsal in five-a-side all the fucking time. I run behind people's lines with my hands up. It's like water polo when you've got your hands up and you're trying to drown the cunt with your legs underneath the surface. Yeah. I just uh, a couple of uh, messages that come in there, um, DWTT, but would Aubameyang have got that call? Yeah, of course, because it was a penalty and it was a sending off. It, Has- it went hashtag AR, they're and, out to get yeah, us. I'm going to finish with that. <laughs> he, he signs off by saying hashtag they're out to get us. Uh, really good. Um, Russ says, why was the Southampton red card rescinded and ours wasn't? And as I say, I haven't seen that incident. I haven't seen that incident. But the comment that I heard today on a podcast that I, I listened to said, uh, Benderek got sent off for standing too close to the Liverpool player. So I haven't seen that. But I can only tell say that they were... That's, they not, were... that's not accurate, Russ. If you read through the rules, to have a yellow card, you have to be deliberately attempting to play the ball. Max, because they have a I enjoy I'm just saying. You, Max, I can enjoy the fact you can put messages up, but they make no sense to the podcast listener if you just actually... <laughs> And most of the people who listen to this list on a podcast, if you just start talking about another subject while we're still talking about another one, it makes no sense to the majority of our listeners. So stop putting the messages up on the screen. I'm in charge. This is my podcast. I'll sit here on my hands, Darren. (laughs) Thank you very much. Now, what are you saying? This is a message from Russ that has just come in. Just Just have double jeopardy rule. Give the pen. If that's the case. Is that Daniela Card? Simple. It's not simple to read, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rule should the rule should the rule should be changed. I I think that if the if the player is, I I mean, if it was me, I would say that the rule should be. It's a red card if someone is making a professional foul inside the box. So if someone's running through and I just swipe at their back leg, that's a red card. But I would say any any either incidental content incidental contact. Or attempting to play the ball. Do you mean accidental contact? Oh. Incidental when it oh, okay. when it when it happens as a when it happens just as a motion of what's happening. But yeah. anyway, 
My point was, stop fucking whinging, move on. We should have won that game in the first 20 minutes anyway. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I mean, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, and then just to finish up on that, well, not on that game, but uh, we, we're then letting a screamer from 30 yards. And what a fabulous strike that was. You know, why don't they always break their scoring duck against us? Why can mm. a team go nine games without a win and then get, you know, all the luck in the world? It just seems to be that. But then I sound like that comment you know, saying that Arsenal fans think they are God's cursed children. I'm starting to sound like one. Uh, the other the other big uh, incident in that game, I guess, was uh, Leno's um, rush of blood, shall we say. Bit of a dodgy bounce and he just uh, panicked. He never looks like he panics. And after bigging him up for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, people make mistakes. I forgive him. Um, it, it, it's just a problem. But again, one comment I heard, which I thought was fabulous today, uh, talking about the Leno incident, they said Leno was trying to express Arsenal's season through the medium of dance. <laughs> Another fabulous line that was on Twitter. Um, should have, should have, should have kept Emmy Martinez, boys. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. Emmy Martinez apparently had a shocker last night, letting two that he should have saved. He's had a, he's had a few actually. I've got a mate who's a Villa fan, and he was saying to me that he's very hit and miss, very hot and cold. And I was like, "Yep, good." Good, should yeah. have kept him. Just on the Leno thing very quickly, Darren. I found it incredible that that wasn't, I, I guess, more widely looked at by the Arsenal fans and more widely sort of conversed over. And it's almost like everything flips on its head. It's like because people gave Leno so much shit and then he came back and made everyone eat all of their fucking words by being really arguably he'd be up there with our player of the season again this year. He's been that good. Uh, I found it interesting how quickly people were to just be like, oh, yeah, keep a mistake. It happens. Move on. I'm like, this <laughs> fucking fan base is bipolar. <laughs> uh, it's a weird, you know, stats is a thing that really gets on my nerves. Now, I, I, I do, uh, you know, like you, Max, I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I have, uh, what's that one called? Stat zone. Uh, I, I don't look at it. Really much, into but, stats. Really for insane. three or four, for three or four quid a year, I think it's it's good. But there's some stupid stats. I keep the one that started to irritate me lately is they're talking about pre-assists, the person who assists the assist, you know, the, the assist the assister. Fuck off! How long do we go? Do you know how far back do we go? What that fabulous goal where we had about forty-seven passes. Uh, what do we say? He <laughs> pre 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 pre-assisted, but then today it was gazumped. I've always been a uh, XG is just one too far for me. I understand XG. I understand that uh, in the betting world, it could be a good thing. Um, give you a little bit of an understanding of how well teams are playing. But the fact that they have XG now, it's on match of the day, it's on all of the things. Um, somebody produced an XG table today. You know, I looked at an XG table. And in fifth place in the XG table, Brighton and Hove Albion. Okay, apparently they're 17 goals under their XG. So fucking what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just, you know, they, they miss a lot of goals. We know that. They haven't got a striker. But that was the comment. If 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 we played this season with XG, um, then Brighton would be fifth. But we don't. It's got nothing to do with football. <laughs> you know, how can you just create a stat like that and now it becomes important? Can't stand it. Any Any comments on any stats? Anything interesting? You guys have got saved up for this week? No, obviously good. No. That was okay. it. That was it for me. My rant about the fans and my Louise rant. That's what I had in the that's what I had on the back burner. And I've already achieved it. 
25 minutes into the podcast. Yeah. Now, I wrote this one down. I wrote a note after um, after the weekend game against Manchester Manchester United. And this was before Tuesday night's game. It's an interesting one. A uh, question I had for you two guys. I'll go to you first, Liam. Should we offer David Louise a new contract? Okay, this was before Tuesday. Um, going on the fact that he's out of contract at the end of the year. He's pretty much a regular in the team when he's fit. And uh, obviously, he may need to take a bit of a pay cut. but And he's good in the dressing room. On the opposite side of that, it's another, I'm, I'm full of stats tonight. Um, he's had more, where is it, David Luiz? He's had more red cards and conceded more penalties than any other player in the Premier League since he joined the club. <laughs> uh, Liam, new contract next year? Uh, I saw this post actually and was having a good think about it probably a week or so ago. I had a look at it and initially I went, nah, move on, move on from Louise. Like, is he fine? Probably, but let's move on. But then I thought, actually, we're losing probably Mavropanos is gone. Mustafi has now gone. Socrates is now gone. Uh, Chambers, we're not sure how good he'll be when he's fully fit. So we've really got Oh, Saliba as well. We don't quite know what's happening with him. So we've got Mari, Gabriel, Holding, who we know we could count on. If we can't buy somebody in the summer, you might actually have to start thinking about giving him a contract, whether we feel like we want to or not. And I think it boils down to, can we sign somebody? And I'm not sure we can. Yeah. I feel like you're missing a centre half there, but you're right. I can't think of anyone possibly, but there's like twenty centre backs well, at the club. Well, we did club. have nine at the start of the season, but they're all gone. What about you, Max? Uh, David Luiz. Uh, I think it all comes down to well, two things. Number one, if Saliba goes and plays, where is he? Is it Nice or Lille? Nice, nice, nice. If Saliba goes and plays at Nice and and plays every single minute of the next six months of the season and is a jet and plays really well. It would be remiss of Arsenal to send him out on loan again. So you're going to bring him back into the equation. Callum Chambers, I've got a lot of time for as a footballer and I've had a lot of time for him as a footballer. And I, I think a lot of people forget that before that injury, he had put in four or five performances for us that led you to believe that he was actually one of the, the top three centre-backs at the football club. He's much maligned Callum Chambers. He's a very, very good technical footballer. He's much more of a passing centre-back rather than, I guess, like a big dominant centre-back. And I did see reports from Arteta saying that he's been really, really happy. And I read another thing saying that Arteta said he was the most intelligent of our centre-backs in the way that he read the game and the way that he looked at things. Now, do I think that you need more than four centre-backs for a season of football? Yeah, I, I think in the modern game, I think you need five. If you're going to play across four competitions, five competitions. But I think generally that leaves space for someone like a Louise more than it leaves space for someone like a Chambers. Because someone like a Chambers who's you know been at the club for X amount of time and needs the football and needs to go somewhere and needs to establish his career, he's still in the meat of his, of his football career and may need to go and get minutes from somewhere. Now, signing someone like David Louise who's on the downslope of his career who could be that fifth yeah. centre-back, I don't see that as a major problem. I think that, that as long as that is the intention, not to sign him to be a starter, but to sign him to be a guy who can play 
the early rounds of the League Cup, the early rounds of the Europa League, if he's willing to sign on for it, I think he took a pay cut for this season as well from memory to sign on for his extension. He took a little pay cut. So if Louise is happy to, to stay at an apex club and doesn't want to be a guy who goes and dwindles away to nothing in a, you know, in a lower league club or going back to France or going back to Brazil, as much as it might upset people, the idea of, of you know, re-signing old blokes, I think there's an element of building your squad intelligently and making sure that you've got the correct backup and making sure that you have people on benches who are going to be happy to spe- to play 10, 15 games a year. You mentioned Saliba in that um, monologue. Uh, did you <laughs> did you uh, did you see the comments uh, of his interview or his interview that he made in France last week? I no. haven't seen the full transcript. I've only seen the headlines that came out of it, but it was a little concerning. He he talked very much about how fucked off he was with with Arsenal Football Club. I mean, not in those words. He wasn't as um, outspoken as that. But he was very, very disappointed with the, the way the paperwork was handled so he didn't go out alone uh, for the first half of the season. He was very annoyed that he wasn't included in the Europa League you know, squads. He could have been playing in that. So um, there's, a, there's a concern that we've spent 30-odd million pounds on a player that's been our player for two years of his, what, five-year contract, hasn't kicked a ball for the club. And he's now that fed up. He may not want to come back and play for us. I think if you read the fine print, it's actually a seven-year contract. So there was an intent to have two years out on loan before bringing him in in the first place, which is what I was reading the other day. And I was like, wow. But look, I think that relationships can all be... I I think relationships (laughs) can be mended. Just to look at these comments, because this is Arsenal fans all over. Hambo Gumbel's joined us. Um, has anyone seen Saliba actually play yet? No, I've still never seen him play. I don't know what I, he looks I watched like. A, I watched a Nice game the other day just to watch him play. And I thought, do you know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of Peak Mavropanos, where you're looking at someone and you're like, oh, there's an athlete and a body in there. And then you're also going, yeah, you're not, you're sorry, not ready at the to top level. Up. I just wanted to follow up with Russ, who says, uh, <laughs> I'm done with Saliba already. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, hey, oh, that's Arsenal. <laughs> we just, haven't even just, seen him play, but we've had enough. <laughs> just on that, Darren, you know, some someone can be pissed off and come back into the fold. It's still a top. It's still a top club, you know. Especially if Arsenal are playing well, have a reasonable finish, have a, a good run in the Europa League, or even win the Europa League. I don't think Bridges are un, unmendable. He's on a long term contract. Doesn't matter. We need him to be playing well and at least be showcased somewhere if we're going to recoup the 30 million if he does throw his toys out the pram. And that's why I said if Saliba goes over there and brains and comes back and has a preseason with us and wants to be part of it, then you would make those decisions around David Louise there and then. Do I think that I mean this is I'll, I'll put a question to you, Darren. Do you think if that's that you're talking that, be good. Do, do you think that taking holdings uh, form into account. I don't know if you guys listen to the Aspros OG, but I said I think he's the form centre back in the Premier League at the moment. If you take his form into account, if you put Gabriel back to the form line that he started the season on, obviously he's dropped a bit since injury. He did say Ma- to ask me a question, didn't he? Is it in and Mari, eventually, yeah. coming. Yeah. So if you take those three, if you take those three players, so if you take Mari, if you take Holding, and if you take Gabriel. Do you think that those three players are apex defenders enough to run you into next season with the Chambers and the Louise's backup? 
Well, I'm I'm not as convinced by um, uh, Gabriel as everybody else. I'm, I'm just not. I mean, and that's not being critical of him as a player. He always gives some players some time to come in. But I, I think he's he looks like he's he, he doesn't look so comfortable with the ball at his feet. And he's got a mistake in him, you know, and he's he's got a little bit of that Kalazanachi's squareness, big build, you know, doesn't look very nimble on his feet. So I'm hoping that he, because he looked quite good. The more he played, the better he got. But he's looked pretty hopeless since he's come back. He looks a little bit too square, a little bit um, nervous. And, and that's the last thing you want in a centre-half. You can never call David Luiz nervous, could you? He always is he's so full of confidence. Holding is, you know, I hope a future captain of Arsenal. Um, his distribution needs to improve, but he's a, a very, very solid defender. The one that I'm starting to like more and more is is Maori. I think he, in that little run that he had just before Christmas or just after Christmas, um, he looked, uh, and that's when our, our good defensive run started because mm. he looks good on the ball. He looks like he balances the side well because he's good with his, you know, on his left foot. Uh, he's, he's he's a technically good player. He's tall. He's good in the air. So I think that possibly those two. Uh, Murray and Holding could. Are those two good enough to get us to win the Champions League? And I know that's, you know, reaching for the stars, but that's where I want Arsenal to be back, you know, competing for that competition. Not sure. So I think I'm happy to give David Lewis a new contract on a play-as-you-play, pay-as-you-play contract and, and maybe bring him into the coaching staff because he does look like he's he's very, very good in the dressing game. Dressing in the dressing gown in the dressing room. <laughs> wow, Darren. what have I, you I want, been searching? I want to go to bed. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I bet uh, you so, want to go to bed. Uh, Liam, anything to add on this? Because uh, uh, the one other thing, uh, where did I talk about centre halves? Um, yeah, Chambers. There was a good comment there from Scunny, who's joined us as well. Scunny says Chambers has just been forgotten due to his injury. Same happened to Holding, and look how good he is doing now. So yeah. You know, um, Chambers was also player of the year at Fulham where we sent him out on loan the year before his injury. So Chambers is really, I think, somebody who can um, become the Ainsley Maitland-Niles of the team and actually start to, um, you know, fill in when when we really need someone. He can fill in at right back, he can fill in in the two centre-halves and he can also fill in as a holding defender. So I I think he has got a future at the club if he wants to stay and if he recovers from his uh, interview. Um. Let's have a little look at our transfer window. It's all over now. Window finished a couple of days ago. We we signed um, Martin Odegaard, Odegaard, as I heard it is actually pronounced. <laughs> he lets us say Odegaard though, so it's fine. No, no, Odegaard. Told. He, he did uh, say uh, that we could if we wanted to. That's so I'll take that. Odegaard. I thought I spoke Swedish then. Actually, I know he's Norwegian, but that's how I always take the piss out of my Swedish friend Lisbeth. I speak Swedish. She hates it. Wonder why. <laughs> so now we've signed Martin Urdigurd. Um, that that was sort of the only one in, apart from an injured goalkeeper. Uh, uh, but we managed to offload quite a lot of players. Willock went out alone, which was really good, really good business. I think um, we'll get to see how good he is in a in a, a Newcastle side. I just hope he plays. Um, uh, Mustafi's gone. Was he gone? Did, was he sold? Is his contract gone? Contract, yeah, contract terminated. Okay, I I just want a little comment on Mustafi. I saw lots of shit about how glad he's out, good riddance. You know, my I always say my whole thing about watching Arsenal players is if they give 100% for the badge, 
they're, they're good enough for me. Obviously, we want them to be world-class superstars and, and love the badge and play for the badge. Mustafi always had a mistake in him. Mustafi played really well, but he always played with his heart. And I wish him every every um, all my best wishes. I think he was in a really... 100% play at Arsenal and I know he, he didn't have his greatest career and I know we spent a lot of money on him and it didn't work out but that happens you know and, uh, I wish him all the best I thought he was a, a real solid Arsenal man uh, anything else in the transfer window guys come on yeah so I just wanted to um I just wanted to considering I got like viciously mauled on Manny's Wednesday night show and I wasn't there to uh to fight for myself while Manny and, and and Dan Potts made these ridiculous these ridiculous comments saying, oh, it's a 10 out of 10 window, it's an 11 out of 10 window, and then mauled me for saying it's a 7 out of 10 window. I just wanted to say two things. In no fucking commercial structure anywhere in the world is it acceptable for you to terminate contracts, right? That is a last gasp thing that you do because of mass mismanagement. So remove the emotional side out of it as to how happy you are that these guys are gone and think about the fact that there are serious issues within the club still that you couldn't move these guys on for a million pounds, for 500,000 pounds. The termination of contracts thing is terrible. So as much as I'm incredibly happy that those parasites have been removed from the club, and I'm not saying that's not a massive thing for Arsenal, Manny, fuck you. What I'm saying is you cannot give a transfer window 10 out of 10 when you don't fucking sell people, you terminate their contracts one after the other after the other. So I think I'd like to say that. I'd also like to say, fuck you, Manny, for drilling me on the show on Wednesday, because you also didn't bring up the whole other part, which I said about us being a seven out of 10 transfer window, which I said to you, the squad looks a little bit thin at the moment. And if you're going to have a good hard run in Europa League, You've got no Ainsley Maitland-Niles in there, who's been a bench starter for us the whole way through. You've got no Joe Willock in there, who's been a bench starter for us the whole way through. By the way, they both needed loans. I'm happy about that. But I think that we're one incoming less than what we needed to be to be a solid squad to have a proper run at Europa. So fuck you, Dan, and fuck you, Manny. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that. I did listen to your uh, Mesut Ozil show this week, uh, Max. Um where you, you sold it as this big debate between uh, a pro and con Mesa Ozil fans. And the and uh, who, who was on? It was uh, Manny, wasn't it? Who, uh, yeah, Manny and, Manny Manny and was, Ben. Manny was supporting Ozil, but didn't really care that much. And uh, and the guy you had on defending Ozil didn't really defend him. It was a bit of a strange one. <laughs> yeah, look, it and, was... And I'll never say this to you ever again. Take this as a compliment. Um, you didn't speak enough. Well, that was the, that no, no, was, shut up, Liam. That so was, the, that was the, the whole point. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I am still here. Um, yeah, I, I was generally quite pleased. I, I, I get Max's point that you shouldn't be in a situation where you have to cancel contracts, but ultimately, we were in that situation. I think we had to get rid of these guys because uh, Maitland-Niles and Willett needed loans. They were they were on our bench, but they needed loans. Mustafi, Socrates, Kolasinac, Ozil won't get anywhere near our squad. Wouldn't want them near our squad anyway. So if that's what it took to get rid of them, so be it, because it gets so much of that wage bill off of our books. You're right, I think we were one shot. I think in an ideal world, we'd have also got a left back. But win winter windows are hard. They're hard enough as it is, let alone, and I, I hate to go on the rhetoric, but in a pandemic window, 
it gets even harder, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think I'm very pleased. I couldn't really ask for a lot more. That's the sort of feeling I get coming out of it. My, Like I said, Liam, my issue wasn't that I didn't think that the player's contract should have been terminated. My issue is with them calling mm. it a 10 out of 10 window. What is this fucking amateur hour? It's a 10 out of 10 window. So what is it? What is it then if we fucking? What is it then if we sign two more people? Is it fourteen out of ten? Go back to school, boys. You can't have more than a hundred percent. I think. I think what was good is that, as Liam mentioned, these a lot of these players weren't anything to do with the first team squad, and that can only be a negative thing. But it really does highlight how badly we, you know, bringing in these people, this the management team who to look after the transfers. Look how badly we we did it in the last five years when we've got these players on such big wages that really weren't good enough for Arsenal Football Club. You know, Mustafi, I say I liked him. I, I'm already seeing in the comments that I'm wrong about that. But um, Mustafi was, if Mustafi had been 10 million, he would have been a good player. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the very fact, it's like the Pepe syndrome. You know, £72 million Pepe. He's now playing well, but he's still £72 million Pepe. You know, if he was, if he brought him in for £25 million, would be saying he's not a bad player, you know, and I, I just think we had to get rid of him. And now it looks like they're planning for the summer. You know, it really does, doesn't it? They've reduced the wage bill. We've we've trimmed down the squad. Now we can start to add. I'm looking forward yeah, to and it. We've, and we've reduced what we need to do in the summer because we still would have needed... I think we'll have to still find a home for Kolasinac because he's still got... He's on loan and has a contract, but we don't have to think about trying to get rid of so many guys anymore like like we've done work in advance of the summer window and that helps us with our prep yeah. and that's why it's a lovely seven out of ten window i think seven yeah. is a nice I don't, I don't round number but, well i do make you wrong but i can't disagree with you um I, I just mentioned pepe there he's had a he's on a really good run of form at the moment isn't he enjoying watching pepe play football or are you are you with a lot of people who just think he's a, a waste of time I've always liked Pepe, to be honest. It's obvious his talent there, isn't it? It's obvious he knows how to play football. It's just not quite so obvious how well he can switch his brain on. He's got about nine goals this year and eight assists. I don't think it's a bad return halfway through the season. You know, I mean, he's considering he hasn't been the first choice starter for a lot of the season, he's still scoring a fair amount of goals and creating things. You know, he may give the ball away more than a lot of players, but that's because he tries to beat players a lot more than other players. so did Alexis Sanchez, and we all loved Alexis Sanchez, didn't we? I fucking hate him. Alexis Sanchez. He's a cunt, I and I wouldn't him. piss yeah. on well, him. Well, we loved him. We loved him. I wouldn't piss in his ass if his shit was on fire. I hated Alexis. You Sanchez. and me both. You and me both. But we loved him when he was ours, right? I, no. yeah, I never, <laughs> no I never really, I never really warmed to him. I always thought no. he was a cunt. I liked yeah. him scoring oh. goals, but I always thought he was a cunt. I, I watched oh, him as a player, live. I loved him. I watched him live many times and out of shot, out of camera shot, he was forever moaning. He was a TV player. He mm. wanted to beat players and score a goal. He was greedy. He and I also thought he didn't, out four. he didn't improve the team around him throughout that time. Mm. Everything went through him. He constantly cut in. Yeah, he, he scored goals for us, but there's an element where, you know, certain players make people around them better. Cesc Fabregas made everyone around him better. Alexis Sanchez just made yeah. Alexis Sanchez just made his stats look good. Alexis Sanchez is a cunt. Fuck off, Alexis. Not you, it, Liam. Yeah, there's, an, <laughs> there's one more thing I've got on my list that I wanted to talk about. It's just another strange statistic um, that I heard today. Uh, this season, uh, we have the most. We are top of the league when it comes to receiving red cards. We are eighth in the league for yellow cards. 
and we are bottom of the league on fouls committed per game. Mm. What the fuck's all that all about? David Luiz, <laughs> Granite Jacker, Hector Bayerin. There you go. I think Bayerin Bayerin is always caught out of always caught out of position. He always has been as a right back, and that's the nature of the way that he plays and how hard he has to recover. Granite Jacker is a yellow card machine, and David Luiz is a red card machine. And for that matter, Darren, if you go back to early uh, Thursday night lives when everyone was waxing lyrical about Gabrielle, you and I both said, this boy's going to rack up some red cards. We had a chat about it maybe three, four weeks into him playing for Arsenal. We both said he's square-shouldered, he's going to get done, and he dives in. Don't forget he should. how he didn't get red carded against Manu in the first, in the first game against them is beyond me. He, he must have had four yellow cards and kicked a guy who was through on goal on the byline. So... You know, if, you, if you're going to put in these front-footed players who need to recover, you, you're going to rack up the cards. Yeah. And so so this week's been a bit of a re- reality check for us, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a reality check with uh, one point from six, you know, the great runs sort of dissipated. However, we're playing better than we've played for months. Mm. So, yeah, um, Everton sort of season. You know, Everton seem to have been rubbish all season and they're just about in the top four. Um, crest, you know, wave, crest trough, crest trough, crest trough. Do you think we can get another crest after this recent trough? What the fuck is a crest huh? trough? What? Crest of a wave, then a trough. This is Everton. Oh, I thought you games. were trying to fucking say a player's name and you'd fucked it up. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. So Either that or you were having a trough. Crest Either that trough. or he was having crest a stroke. And a trough. Crest Either that or he was trough. having a stroke, Liam. I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> don't say having a stroke to Liam. It'll be straight on the pawn up. Um, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that we've we've had this sort of big trough, Arsenal, and then we've had a little bit of a crest, and now there's a little trough. Is there going to be another crest? Do you think we're playing good enough? Because we've got. I mean, you talked about Manchester City. Manchester City have actually won 13 on the trot in all competitions. They're one away from the uh, all-time record, which is held by Manchester City. Um, they're, they're, they're about to win. Well, they're playing Liverpool this weekend. And I thought what Pep Guardiola said was very interesting today when he talked about we've, uh, we've won six you know, on the trot in the Premier League, but they rule against teams in the lower end of the league and we are expected to win all of those. Our next five games, and I think he said Liverpool... Tottenham, Chelsea, they've got a bit of a run and then they've got the Champions League starting up again. So, you know, he's he's very, I mean, City could have a little bit of a drop again. Um, Liverpool, you know, Liverpool's form is almost as bad as our form was before Christmas. And yet within that run that Liverpool are having, they, you know, won well away at West Ham, they look terrific, they beat Tottenham comfortably and yet they've just lost at home to, uh, you know, they haven't won at home since the early December. It's an incredible season we're having. So we're going, you know, I mean, it's it's just a fascinating season this year, really, really fascinating season. I think it's so exciting and, you know, we've just had a couple of bad results and we're playing really well. How do you, how do you see us going over the next few weeks? Do you think this team has got enough character to, to override that? Because we look like so up for it on Tuesday. For me, Darren, this season has been all about a playing style. It's been all about seeing a playing style and seeing a way forward and seeing a way that we're going to play and we're going to improve over the next two seasons and how we're going to buy players to fit that playing style and keep moving forward. 
So for me, it's like I said at the start of the show, you know, watching that first 30 minutes of football and seeing how dynamic we were and seeing how pressy we were and and seeing the partnership of Xhaka and Party coming together and starting to understand the party signing and how that party signing affects the people around him. For me, that's more important right now. Not that league position isn't important, but for me, that's more important right now because it's important for me about what we're going to do for the next two years. And really, this is a, a, a we're long-term invested in Arsenal as a football club. We're long-term invested as fans. And so for me, you know, the results, I said at the start, you know, it's a strange season. It's going to peak and trough was what you were looking for, Darren, not crest and, crest and fall. Crest and right? They're called yep. crest. Yeah, but it's going to it's going to peak and trough throughout the season. I think there's enough there's games in front of us. I I really thought that we needed maximum points out of these two games. Um probably, you know, two wins and a draw out of out of oh definitely two wins out of Wolves Leeds because we've got a reasonably tough run coming up again. The one thing I will say Darren is the way that we're playing football right now. I I'll, I'll put this little bet on now. I reckon we're shaping up like a good cup team. We've always been a cup team. We're out of the FA Cup this year. And the way we're playing and the way these kids are playing, I would rather finish 10th, 12th, and go and win the Europa League than try and finish 7th or 8th, You know, which I think is likely we're going to finish 6th, 7th or 8th. I mean, for me, it's about trophies. That's why I watch the football. People are like, oh, you know, we're out of the FA Cup. That can only be a good thing. You're fucked. Every yeah. time you're out of a trophy, is a trophy that you can't win. You only get four cracks at a trophy each year. We've never won a trophy in Europe. I think it's really congested in front of us. So teams have to lose as much as we have to go on a run. Yeah. So every time we get a bad result... Do you, think, do you think Max is turning into me? He just quotes me week after week after week now, doesn't he? <laughs> huh? Well, Darren, even a fucking broken clock is right twice a day and you're occasionally correct. So, um, <laughs> But... Uh, for me, that's what I'm saying. It's about playing style. And I think if we get the playing style right, which it looks like we're getting right, we're getting a good hard press, we're energetic, there's more goals. I, I think that there's a real opportunity for us to go and have a serious run, win Europa League, make up for that shit show in fucking Baku and give the team and the fans something to look forward to. And I'll tell you what, when you're going into the transfer market, having a nice shiny European trophy in the cabinet will go a long way to uh, to getting you the right players in. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Liam, are you, are you excited with the next few weeks? Do you care about the season now? Yeah, I, I mean, you kind of have to care about it to some extent because, as you say, there is there is only the, these two trophies to go for, uh, one trophy, really, in the Europa League. But if you keep your league form up, that kind of gives you the confidence going into winning the other trophy, in my opinion. So I think the league is as, as important as trying to get into the, into Europe European spots as it is keeping form up, keeping morale up going into the games where we try and win this European trophy. I started this podcast by saying how much I love this season. I'm really loving it. I mean, we're having a terrible season by Arsenal standards. You know, we are. We're in the bottom half of the table. Or, no, are we still in? I've got the table. We just sneaked in. We're 10th place at the moment. You know, but I'm loving it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching this young Arsenal side now they develop. Um, I wrote one comment, Max saw it. We were talking about it just before we came on air. My uh, my my goal for this season, sad as it is, I want to finish above Tottenham. You know, if we're not going to finish top four, we may not make the top six. We're not going to win the league. I'd love us to win the Europa League. And as Max says, I think we are, we, we've got a real good chance of winning that. We're a really good side in that competition. But for mm. me, let's get back to basics. And when I grew up watching Arsenal, 
we didn't challenge for the title for the first 10, 15 years I really watched us. So finishing above Tottenham was what it was all about. And that's what this season is. And I've just seen that Tottenham did fight, lose 1-0 tonight to Chelsea. That game is finished. Tottenham are now right. in eighth place, two points above us, although they have got a game in hand. So that's, mm. that's you know, we can beat them. We're right on their towels. That would be fun, wouldn't it? If we have our worst season for 50 years and we finish above Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, be there'll fair. be a song there like mm. "We were shit, but you were shitter." <laughs> I don't think it would go quite like that, though, Max. Yeah, don't do that your day job. Let's have, have a quick look at some of the comments that have come in. Um, Russ, who would have thought that playing Pepe in his natural position would yield results? Don't really understand that, Russ, um, because if he played all of his career on the right hand side, cutting in. And into the left, that is the position he likes to play. That's what he's on. If anything, for. if anything, Darren, I think it's a little bit of a masterstroke because playing him off the left has forced him to simplify his game because he can't always cut in. It's actually, it's taken him from almost like a four-dimensional player or the four-dimensional player that he tries to be. And it's quite pegged him back, given him less to think about. And I've said for a really long time, and you can catch me on any number of podcasts, I've said forever, it's Pepe or it's Aubameyang, not both. Yeah, you agreed, can't yeah. have you can't have two white you can't have two wide maverick players who were trying to do stuff. Granted, trying to do different things. I'm not saying that they're the same player, but it's Pepe or it's Aubameyang for me. An unpopular opinion, mate. I think this team looks a lot better structured, a lot pressier without Aubameyang in the team at the moment. And I'd yeah, like to see I him come back I mean, in and, and be on the bench. It's interesting you mention that, because one of the things I wanted to mention when I talked about Pepe earlier, which I didn't, was just how, how suddenly he's really got the team ethic. He's really working back. He's tackling. He's really tackling as well. He's sticking his foot in. He's chasing back at full pace. He didn't get that. It took, it's taken him six months or 18 mm. months to get what that part of the game is needed. And it was funny when we were down to nine men and he was still running his nuts off. You know, he really was working hard. And Abamyang's, you know, has taken that place on the left. And I'm watching thinking, come on, we've got nine men. Just stick Abamyang up front. You know, stick him a centre forward and boot balls over the top because he's quick. And yet he was sort of playing in the position that Pepe had been playing in and wasn't doing half. When he goes back and tries to tackle, he's rubbish. You know, it's like playing your four-year-old nephew in the garden. Mate, we don't need to get into it because we're not a post-game show, but Arteta's subs in that game are fucking questionable. Yeah. Um, let's have a couple more uh, the comments that come in. DWTT. Um, oh, no, this is back on the transfer market. Wasn't the plan? Get rid of the stench. Get backups for uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Leno. Get young players out on loan. Um, back up for Kieran, Kieran Tierney was always going to be tough, but Cedric surprised us. Yeah, um, agree with that, all of that. And I think, you know, that doesn't make it a 10 out of 10 window, but that does make it a 7 out of 10 window. Um, another comment from Russ was, we really needed uh, left-backers cover for Tierney. You don't know which Cedric you will get week to week. Can't believe that. I've just watched Cedric play really well for three games and uh, and he's getting criticism playing out of position on the left. Wow. Done. I tell you what, as an Ainsley Maitland-Niles fan... Cedric has done more out of that left-back position, pure left-back position, not a wing-back pseudo-midfield position, than anything I've ever seen Ainsley do. So if it was a toss-up between the two right now, it's not a bad thing having a guy in a squad who can play right-back, left-back cover, I'll tell you that much. No, they're really good. Well, look, it's been a fascinating midweek, you know, with uh, Liverpool losing at home to Brighton, Manchester United scoring nine at Southampton. You know, maybe we should take some credit from that. We beat Brighton. <laughs> 
and we didn't get concede any goals to Manchester United. See, look, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. Uh, anything else, lads? We've done an hour. Pretty dull uh, hour, if I say so myself. Just, just quickly, just quickly, I wanted to ask Liam as the the goalkeeping specialist. Uh, okay. Does Runar Runison have hands made of fish? I just want to know. Um, <laughs> it's a bit. Um, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit worrying that. Is he as That's... is he as bad as that one poor? Was it a Europa game? Would have been Europa game. Was it a Man cup game? City? Yeah, Man it, City. Yeah, is he is he as bad as that game led Arsenal fans to believe? I think he's been harshly done by, but I don't think he's good either. If I'm honest, yeah, it's a I'm bit really concerning nervous. that I'm nervous as well. It's a bit concerning that we go, oh, Renison, he's a bit shit at shot stop, but at least he can play and then kicks the ball straight out for a yeah, corner, yeah, Czech style. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, it's that a was, bit worrying. I mean, and, and then of course, the first game he's probably going to be playing in in the Premier League is uh, <laughs> couldn't he's write the script could against Nevi Martinez. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a disaster, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but maybe um, the the new goalkeeper we bought is actually going to be fit. Um, uh, Arteta said today, I think that uh, he may be available. So, so who knows? So he's, he was pretty rubbish and all, wasn't he? <laughs> anyway, all right, that's it. Look, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. When are we playing next week? Anyone? Any ideas? I think we've got a week off after Villa, haven't we? Oh yeah, it's yeah. the FA Cup next week. <laughs> Shit. I tell you what, the the week off could do the week off could do good things for us. Good things for you know your Kieran Tierney's, your Sackers, you know guys who have, have been manful. Not so much Tierney because he's he's gone down with another calf strain. But there's a few guys in our team who have really fucking racked up the minutes and been consistent. I said at the start of the show, other teams look like they're blowing out the ass, and I think we're actually seeing the the joy of youth in our team at the moment. They're taking their opportunity. They want to run out there every three days, so. Bring on the week off. And uh, Manny and Dan, when you listen, fuck you. Come at me. Come at me, boys. I've got fucking loads for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, you can catch lots of uh, good podcasts on the Ars Bros channel. There's the OG, Max Delta with his brother. There's a special on Mesa Ozil, if you want to listen to that. That was done last week with uh, Manny and, sorry, who was the guy? Who... Ben. Yeah, Ben. ben. That's right. Yeah, that didn't was, end uh... up being as Didn't end up being as violent as what we expected. The two cunts fucking agreed with each other too much. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit surprised. <laughs> I, I did get all the way through it, though. Uh, <laughs> as I say, it's very rare I think you should have spoken more. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm never going to say that on this show. Um, so if uh, uh, so, we'll be back. Yeah, I guess if we've got a free week, we'll um, we'll come back. We can do whatever we'll do Thursday again if that works for you, Max. Same time, mm-hmm. Liam. Same time. Should be fine. Give Max a little line, make him feel better. Thanks for joining us. If you download us the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. There's lots of other stuff on the channel, and we will be back at the same time next week. Thanks for joining us. Good night. <laughs>